Hey, you're listening to episode 172 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting all about how what you do for work can dictate your budget strategy, feelings around money, how to set a grocery run budget, and so much more. I'm really happy we're chatting about just the cost of healthy living and especially keto living because I think a lot of us like overdo it in the snacks and supplements department and then we're like struggling because oh my gosh keto is so expensive (laughs) and then it really doesn't need to be and we're spending a lot of money where we don't need to be spending money so I'm happy about that and then also I wanted to bring this up because I grew up in a fairly um, strict budget family we didn't have a lot of money in fact when we, when I was really little, I remember my mom walking down the stairs to our basement where our deep freeze was, and I remember her praying often that there would just be some sort of food that she could make for dinner. And that has really stuck with me. And I think, you know, even now when I'm too full and I can't finish my meal, I always get a little bit of guilt, which I'm still working through of like, just put it away. You can have it later. Don't worry about it. I always thought we were going to run out of food. And so if if money is very charged for you, like emotionally charged, I highly recommend throughout this conversation, just repeat to yourself, abundance, abundance, abundance. Now, this is something that I've been practicing over the last couple of months because I'm very weird around money. I always feel like it's going to run out. I always stress about it. I'm always budgeting and penny pinching and coupon clipping and just like freaking out about money. Every time I buy something, I think that I shouldn't have bought something down to like, I had to buy a new menstrual cup because I've had the last one for like four years and I just really needed a new one um, because it wasn't fitting right. And it was a little bit painful and I just, I needed a new one. Thankfully, I found a new one. I love it. It's from Peach Life, I think. I'll include a link in the show notes. It's awesome. And when I was buying it, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't really need this. And I'm like, Leanne, seriously, like you need a menstrual cup. You have a period once a month and you need to do this. So I think just being honest with yourself when you're spending money, how your emotion is with that. And if you are weird like me and you have a very weird relationship with money, Me just repeating abundance, abundance, abundance could be really helpful for you. I know it really, really has for me. So if you have questions about today's content, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Just look for episode 172 on that page and that's where all the resources and links and extra things are going to be. Now, in today's episode, I talk about almond cow. It's like a milk maker, and it's one of my favorite tools. You can go to ketodietpodcast.com, look for episode 172 on that, and there's a $15 off coupon in those show notes for you. You can also find it in the notes on your app, so watch for that. And oh my gosh, I thought it was going to be a waste of money, this thing, but I use it every week to make cashew milk, almond milk, all the things. I'm so happy with it. Two cool things for you today. There's still a couple of weeks left for my $1,000 Amazon gift card giveaway. All you got to do to enter, and you can enter multiple times, as many times as you want, is use the hashtag Keto for Women on social when you're sharing my newest book, Keto for Women. Take a picture of the cover. Take a selfie. Take a picture in a cool place. Take a picture of inside the book. Um, Share some of the strategies you're using. Just use that hashtag and you're instantly entered to win. And every time you use that hashtag, I'm also donating 25 cents to upwithwomen.org. 
And Up With Women is dedicated to helping recently homeless and at-risk women to rebuild their lives. The cycle of homelessness and poverty can be extraordinarily difficult to escape. And Up With Women gives the skills and opportunities to break that cycle. Now, they have no idea that they're on this podcast. I haven't reached out to them. I, I just want to give them all the monies. So when you share hashtag keto for women, I'll be donating 25 cents to the organization. Also, we're chatting a bunch about budgeting and how to make things work. I put together a free guide over at healthfulpursuit.com slash Costco. And that includes all the yummy keto things you can find at Costco. I couldn't live without Costco. I just enjoy it so much. It's a great way to save money and this little shopping list I've created for you over at healthfulpursuit.com slash Costco has all the things to look for. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code KETOPODCAST. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international bestselling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Our guest today is Dominique Chenard, CPA, CA, who is a financial security advisor located in Thunder Bay, Ontario. She provides free online and in-person consultations for small business owners and young professionals as a self-employed advisor through London Life. Dominique has been following a ketogenic diet for over two years and loving the energy and flexibility being fat-fueled provides as an entrepreneur with weight management becoming natural and allowing her to focus on building her business. Now, Dominique is such a sweet person and she has great value to add and she shared a bunch of really awesome tips that I've incorporated into my life since we had our interview. So let's cut over to this interview. Hi, Dominique. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Hi, you're welcome. Yeah. Okay. So I like to ask every guest before we get started, what does keto mean to you? All right. So to me, keto means having control over my appetite and over my mood and just having control over my life a little more and not making food a priority or some urgency all through the day in the middle of the afternoon, which is how I used to feel, but I didn't really realize I felt that way because that's how, that's how it always was, right? So for me, it's just making food something I can enjoy, but not the primary focus all the time and seeing it more as energy instead of this thing I need right this second. So that, that was, that's what keto means for me. Just an easier lifestyle, being able to focus on my business, on my relationship with family and friends and not on eating a lot of food. (laughs) Amazing. I love that answer. And there's a huge misconception and something I, I, I often bust through on my own is that eating healthy or eating keto is really expensive. And oftentimes when I'm making my meals, like, uh, I think it was yesterday, for lunch. I was like, whoa, babe, this was only $3 per person to make this meal. Like just not bad. You know, say, 
like it, it, and this was uh we had pasture raised chicken and not pasture raised oh my gosh that's pork oh it's been a long day <laughs> uh, free range chicken and carrots and sauce that I had made and so a very nutritious meal that didn't cost a lot but do you find in the work that you do that a lot of people don't want to quote unquote eat healthy because of the cost of it so uh like to say if healthy eating is healthy or not, or sorry, if healthy eating is expensive or not, it's kind of a yes or no answer, right? So healthy eating compared to garbage eating can be more expensive. It could be the exact same, right? So the example I like to give is I used to maybe sit on a Saturday night and eat a bag of chips to myself. That bag of chips was $5. It provided my body of no valuable energy. All it did is my body stored it with fat and and that's that, right? So once you go keto, especially at the beginning, you're not eating as much, really. So you're not eating all that surplus all the time. So you're maybe spending less even. But at the beginning, it's expensive because you're buying your first jar of coconut oil, your first, you know, your first avocado oil, your first nuts and storing on those. And, and it, it can feel expensive at the beginning. So I've had that from people and especially if they start experimenting with baking. So they're buying all this almond flour, coconut flour and everything they've read online for 10 different baking recipes. And they're going, wow, this keto thing's really expensive. And I'm going, you don't have to do all that baking. Like, you know, not, not going against it, but especially if you're on a tight budget and you're living kind of paycheck to paycheck, maybe don't you know, don't go on a baking frenzy right off the bat at the beginning of your keto journey. Yeah, something that um, my answer to people that have issues with the cost of incorporating more keto foods in their pantry is like every time you go to the grocery store, pick up a new fat, like you don't need all the fats, you don't need all the oils, choose like coconut oil, get that and then use it for everything. Or Exactly. And coconut oil is a lot more affordable than avocado oil, for example. Yes. And the benefits are similar on a keto diet. So, you know, you could still experiment with avocado oil, but if you're on a tight budget, you know, choose the fats that are still healthy, but less expensive and prioritize using those or leftover bacon fat, for example, right? That costs $0, depending how you look at it. Yeah, those are great. Any other tips to save money when it comes to like one, one other thing that I've started doing is making my own nut milk because I was finding I was spending about $4, 4 to $5 on half a gallon of coconut milk when I can make it for a dollar eighty six. And that's a big difference. That is a huge difference. Are there other options that you notice people thrive on when it comes to saving money? So I have a, a different mindset on budgeting than most people, I think, okay. in the financial industry. So I find that it really depends on what you do for a living. And that might sound a little a little odd, but as for example, a business owner you're not paid an hourly wage, right? So like for yourself, for example, so the way you value your time is different. If you find you're at the beginning, for example, of starting a business and you're working literally all the time, every time you take a breath, you're working, maybe you'll value your time differently than someone that works 35 hours a week, never has to work any more than that, and uh, feels comfortable, you know, taking the extra time to make things from scratch, right? So, uh, it just really varies on how people value their time. Like I, uh, a friend of mine actually um, makes meals for people, like prepares lunches and dinners for people and they pick it up on Sundays. So basically takes care of the whole meal prep. And of course that comes at a higher cost than it would to make it yourself. But for some people that just makes sense in their lifestyle, right? 
So when I make a budget with people, I always look at, okay, first look at the expenses, right? So look at your fixed expenses, like your rent, your mortgage payments, your car payments maybe, and then look at the payments that are optional, right? So the money that you spend eating out or on some sports or hobbies, and then just have a look at those and say, okay, which ones of those do I value? Which ones of those bring me really happiness and joy in my life? And which of those are just extra? Right. So I like comparing, uh, for example, going to a coffee shop with a friend once a week. Maybe your coffee's three dollars when you could have just went somewhere else and paid a dollar fifty. But you're sitting there for a few hours with your friend. You're catching up. You're really valuing that time. And someone that goes to Tim Hortons all the time and sits in the drive-through and is impatient and oh, I'm going to be late for work. Maybe that's just not necessarily adding value to your life. Maybe you could make your coffee at home. Right. So it's just looking at things differently. That, that's how uh, I think that that's such a great holistic way of looking at money and time. And it's something I I struggle with as well. Well, not struggle with, but I've noticed, especially over the last couple of years of owning a business, if I can hire somebody to do something so that I can focus on my work, like uh, in the case of our boat, if there's something broken and it's, and I know it's going to take me more than an hour to fix it. And we're around people that I know can fix it. I'm like, just do it so that I can focus on this because in the end I'll make more money focusing on that than, than doing it myself and then losing out on work and not finishing a book when I need to. Yeah. So I think that that's a great way. And there aren't a lot of financial planners that think like that. <laughs> yeah, I have a more holistic view on it all. And and there's so many different theories out there. Like there's some believers that, uh, you know, spend on whatever and your income will catch up. And I look at that and I'm like, yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends who you are and what you do for a living. That, that could be a little dangerous, but I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, having some savings for those times when things can be a little little unstable and just finding a good balance of what you value in your expenses. So myself, like I do, uh, we might talk about that later, but I do look at flyers a little bit for deals, but I'm not going to spend five hours picking out coupons from different from different flyers and going to multiple different stores just because I found a good blend of value of my time and saving some money. That works for me. Mm-hmm, totally awesome. Back to today's episode in a sec. Did you know it's possible to enjoy a glass or two of wine and stay in ketosis? Yeah, that's right. Dry Farm Wines is the first wine club that sources wines with zero sugar, so you can drink your wine and not compromise your ketones. Plus, Dry Farm Wines curates only the highest quality natural wines from small, sustainable family farms. Their wines are organic, dry farmed, and naturally low in alcohol with zero additives and zero carbs. Listeners of the podcast can add an extra bottle of wine to their first Dry Farm Wines order for just one one penny. Sign up for your first case now by going to healthfulpursuit.com slash wine. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. What do you feel like, like we chatted about oils and nuts, like building up the pantry and the staples. Is there anything else that takes up the most money when it comes to food preparation or just feeding a family? Generally, like what takes the most is eating out. And I feel like people really understate how often they eat out. So they might not realize how often they're picking up a meal, quick takeout or picking up a salad or, or picking up really anything 
that's just not being looked at enough and it's because it's scary it's scary to pick up your your credit card statement and going okay let's count how many times i ate out this month right and i'm not telling people to completely stop doing that because it depends on your lifestyle like myself i'll, I'll go out for lunch maybe once or twice a week with with a client for work or with a friend even sometimes and i'll go for coffee too but because of that i've reduced the picking up of meals that i do when i'm alone so i've tried to find a good balance there otherwise uh, just buying foods that are prepared by someone else. So we don't think about that, right? You go to the grocery store, you're buying chicken and it's been cut into strips. Someone took that chicken and cut it into strips and you're paying an extra for that, right? And every time you're eating out at a restaurant, the reason you're paying more is because you're paying for the space, you're paying for the service, you're paying for a chef to have prepared your food. So I'm not saying to overanalyze that too much, but just realizing there's a reason that eating out costs way more than making it yourself. And you need to prioritize what makes sense for you, right? If if you find that you're spending so much that you're accumulating debt more and more all the time and it's causing you a lot of stress, then that might be something you really have to look at. But if you're listening to this and you're going, well, I'm fine. You know, I, I make some good money at my job and I like going out with my friends and I'm not in any debt really, then keep doing what you're doing, right? Like we, we all have different priorities and your priority doesn't have to keep every single expense low because I do meet people that feel the stress about spending money and they just feel like they should never spend money on themselves. And that can be unhealthy too. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, like food restriction, right? Oh, I can't eat this cause it has carbs. Oh, I can't eat this sweet potato because it has carbs. Well, you can eat it. It's up to you, right? You can make it work. It's, it's, I, in my opinion, it's unhealthy to always look at, I can't do this. I really shouldn't do this. You know what? I just had a light bulb moment because ever since I kind of relinquished fear with food and really came into my own with my body, I noticed that I was being more in control of our money and more stressed about money. And I'm the type of person where if you can take the bus and save $2 instead of doing an Uber, why didn't you do that? And I will stress out about the $2 for weeks, be like that $2, the $2. And really in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I mean, $2 does add up and it still makes me nervous. But I think that that's a really, really good point of really being cognizant of the relationship with money. And maybe we needed to start with that. Do you find that a lot of people have a weird relationship with money? Like it is a weird thing. People don't like to talk about it. You know, friends get jealous of it if other friends have it and your parents stress about you having money or not having money. What do you see in your in your work when it comes to people's relationship with money? Yeah, I find that a lot of people feel like they're not doing good enough. They're not they don't have enough savings. They have too much debt compared to people around them, but they really don't know what people around them are doing because no one talks about it, right? It's uncommon to walk around, you know, in your in your work office and go, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah, you know, my mortgage is sitting at about this. I've got a mortgage payment coming out next week. I'm feeling stressed about my mortgage. No, nobody talks about that, right? And in the same way, nobody goes around the office bragging that, "Oh, I just maxed out my RSPs this year." You know, everyone would look and be like, "Really?" You know, sure. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not politically correct to do that. So because people don't talk about it, all that you see is those three friends on your Facebook that are always traveling and they're always posting about their travels and all your other friends are just like you and they're not traveling. But we tend to focus on the ones that are doing the fun things and spending the money and, oh, my friend just got a new car. That must mean they're doing way better than me. But 
I see a lot of people buying expensive cars and because they look at the, the monthly payment and not the whole cost of the car. So that, that's a whole other conversation though. But I, yeah, mostly people feeling like they're not doing good enough when in fact they haven't really set a goal for themselves. So they don't know doing good compared to what, right? Like what's your goal? Is it to retire at 50? Then yeah, maybe you should save a lot of money, but not everybody's goal is to retire that early, right? Or some people don't even want to retire. They run a business, they love what they do. So therefore their goals are different, right? Yeah, that's a good point is getting really, really clear on what your money goals are. Back to today's episode in a sec. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. Before we get back into like groceries and things, do you have any tips on how to, I'm speaking for a friend, um, (laughs) how to navigate the waters of a relationship where it's challenging when there's a partnership, two human beings living together, working either together or separate or whatever, and trying to manage the budget and working with somebody else who probably has a different relationship to money than the other person. How do you have an open relationship or an open communicative space where two people can come together to talk about money in a non-confrontational way? Because I have many friends, myself included, where couples talk about money and it turns into a heated debate. One person is angry, one person starts crying. Any tips for people on that? So I have a couple tips there. So one tip would be to have a conversation with a third party, like literally like a financial advisor, right? And just get that third opinion and into the conversation. I really recommend that. And also just knowing that you're going to have combined goals, like a goal together, for example, buying a house, but not all your financial goals have to be the same. So I have combined goals with my significant other, but he has other goals and I have other goals. And for example, maybe one of my goals in 2019 is to travel, but maybe he is more in saving mode for 2019. And that's okay, right? You just need to talk about it and say, look, my my personal priority in the upcoming year is to do this. Is that okay with you? Does that make sense? And as long as they know, then you're avoiding those those you know, hurdles like, oh, why are you spending so much money? I thought we were doing this. But if you make your goals clear, for example, if you find out with a financial advisor that you should save $200 a month to get to whatever goal that you have, if you're committing to that, then the rest of your money is yours, right? You're reaching your goal that month. You don't feel like, oh, I don't know if I've saved enough or not enough. You have, it was a clear goal. 
And if you have extra money, then you can spend it on other goals, right? Or just literally on yourself. There shouldn't be that guilt spending money on yourself, right? I just went to a, a craft show last week and uh, bought myself a new pair of mitts and uh, a headband. And I thought, it was just unusual to spend money on myself like that. I'm saying something I didn't really need, right? It wasn't something for the kitchen or something, you know, something for the house. It was just a treat. And I realized I don't do that consciously enough. I usually just buy something out of necessity and it feels nice, but it's, it's a bit of a mental block for sure. Yeah, completely. And I think it also depends on your upbringing. Like for me, I grew up in a household where there wasn't a lot of money at all. And my mom used to, I remember her standing in front of the freezer, praying, hoping that there would be food inside. And so I think depending on your upbringing, you might bring a lot of those emotions into your relationships and into your relationship with money overall. And that can dictate so, so much. So I'm glad we chatted about the relationship aspect, kind of getting back to groceries and shopping. How does one plan a grocery list? Like when it comes to budgeting, I rarely write lists anymore because I have a good sense of what things cost. But for somebody that's new at this, do you set a budget before you go to the store? You know, if you say I need to only spend $100 at the store, how do you hit that $100 and not go over it? All right. So the, the approach that I like to use is uh, I look at the flyers for like two or three stores. Like I don't want it to get into a big craft project. Right. So I, I look at the flyers and figure out what meats are on sale that week. And that, that's the biggest cost is typically meat. So I'm going to look, for example, there's a beef roast on sale that I know that I can make quite a few meals out of that beef roast. Right. And that can maybe mean all my lunches for the week, perhaps. So I'll pick out like three or four meats. You know, if there's if there's fresh fish, then we might do that. If there's pork chops, and that's an easy one. And and again, the whole buying quality meats discussion is, is a whole other point. But just for my own purposes, right? I do buy most of my meat at the grocery store. And uh, and then from there, uh, the vegetables are usually kind of the same rotation, right? But I'll try and buy them in season. So a vegetable like asparagus changes a lot in price depending on, on the week. I just find that one changes a lot. Broccoli is usually more kind of the same all the time. So just buying the vegetables that are on sale too. And then once you have that list, you can make meals from that list. So it's kind of, I, I go back and forth a little bit. So I'll have, you know, the meats that are on sale, the veggies that are on sale, a couple off things that we ran out of, and then make meals out of that. And then once I wrote down my meals, then I go back to my list and go, okay, is there something I didn't use on that list? And then I scratch it off, right? Because sometimes you, you say, oh, I'm going to buy a kale. And then the next week comes and you're like, oh, right we had kale <laughs> and you didn't plan it into your week. Another thing I've learned is uh, when I first got my own place, I used to get, I used to get so many vegetables and I used to plan like seven full dinners. And what happened with that is one dinner, we'd be invited over to ha go to have dinner at families. So that would happen. So then the, the meal plan gets shifted back a little bit. And then one dinner, you know, we didn't make it home for dinner. So we just ate whatever, a salad somewhere. And then you end up wasting food, right? So I've learned what works for me is planning five dinners. And then for lunches, it would be like a soup or an egg roll in a bowl or something I can just take to work. And that's just in a container and really easy to, to work with. And then being that when I eat keto, it's usually twice a day. That's so much easier than 
the meal prep I used to do before where there'd be snacks, you'd put these little strawberries in a container because you need, you know, you need your sugar spike for the mid morning and then the mid afternoon. And then it used to be way more complicated. And now it's just so streamlined and everything tastes wonderful. So it's, you don't feel like, you know, you're on a diet eating like boiled vegetables and I've been on that diet. (laughs) I think everybody has. And it's just sad life of quinoa and yeah, no. (laughs) It's good. You mentioned the vegetables too, because I have, I have like a big eye for vegetables and I'll never buy enough meat, but I'll always buy too many vegetables. And then I'm stuck with all the celery that's rotten on the ends. And I'm like, Leanne, how many times do you have to go through this? Stop buying so many vegetables because I stopped buying celery because I don't use it enough to justify it. Like I'll, I'll buy a few celery stalks if I'm making a specific soup that uses celery, but I stopped buying it because I find I don't eat it because I don't snack anymore, right? Like celery is great for snacking, but with keto, like you just kind of forget to snack. You don't, you don't need to, like your bodies just use energy in a totally different way. Yeah. You're so right. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at Healthful Pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. Okay. So you're Canadian. What are, what stores are your favorite? Because I get asked this question a lot and my go-to store for like budget, awesome shopping is Superstore, also known as Loblaws. If that rings a bell for you guys out there. Yeah, we have a Superstore. What are your favorite Canadian stores? So Superstore is one of them. I, I'm in a smaller city called Thunder Bay. So we don't really have that many grocery stores. I usually go to either Metro or Superstore. So I'll look at those two flyers and then I'll just pick one. The reason I don't go to both is because I've just decided to simplify my life a little bit. I'd rather go to one place, even though, you know, I might miss out on one or two sales on a certain vegetable. So let's say, let's say I set, uh, I set my eyes on Metro for that week, then that's where I'm going and I get my veggies, my meat. And, uh, I, I don't know about where you live, but they changed ours a little bit. They changed the layout. So you actually have to go in the aisles now. Did they do that where you are too? Yep. Yeah. So I find I'm, it's just a big maze in there now. Like I used to just do the perimeters of the store, go straight to the till. And now I'm like, oh, where are the olives here? Where are the pickles? And then, yeah, yeah maybe once yeah. I learn it, it won't be so bad, but they've and then actually they'll switch it up on you. Yeah, they changed that because people aren't going in the aisles anymore because they used to just have crackers and other snacks. And so they're burying all these healthy foods in the aisles now. So I don't Uh, know. I'm still a Metro fan either way. (laughs) They started doing that at Costco. I've noticed a couple of Costco stores because we travel quite a lot and we've been to a lot of Costco's. Some of them will have things mixed in with other things and it's been driving me nuts. But it's also nice because I I take it as like my self-care when I go grocery shopping. I never go with Kevin. He is not allowed to come with me. And I put in my headset, I listen to a podcast or music or something. And I walk up and down the aisles looking for things up and down, you know, where my little step counter and see how long it takes me to get through all the aisles. But um, yeah, it, it is it is a frustration when they continue to move stuff. For sure. And then another place I can't forget to mention is the farmer's market. So we have a wonderful farmer's market here. 
And I really recommend you check out your local farmer's market because some things are for sure more expensive and it's just good to note that and see what you can comfortably afford for yourself. But some things are cheaper. Like a lot of things can be more expensive though at the farmer's market, even though they're better quality. So again, just weigh out, you know, what you can comfortably afford and what you value and, you know, you can make it work for yourself. I do get a couple staples there for myself. Okay. That's an awesome tip. Are there other meals that are more budget friendly than others? Yeah. So definitely making soup and I make soup with Italian sausage or with any ground pork really, and just throw in whatever vegetables I have left in the fridge that week. So zucchini, kale, literally anything. And I make a broth base. So just beef broth. And people are like, Oh, that what's your recipe? I'm like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I put good tasting things in there and try and put a few different colors and it ends up working out. Just, cool. uh, just know Very which veggies good. to put in first and put the zucchini near the ends. So it's not too soggy, but uh, otherwise let's see here. So my favorite budget friendly meals, like we said, uh, egg roll in a bowl. So I make that with ground pork for the market and I use Napa cabbage. So there's a lot of varieties of uh, egg roll in a bowl recipes out there. I like Napa cabbage. I find it tastes light and crunchy and it just doesn't have that strong cabbage taste. So I really like that. And it's so cheap. Like you can find it for a dollar a pound, the superstore pretty often. And because it's so light and fluffy, you, you get more volume for it for sure. And I also really like making pork chops, like with a lavender orange type of seasoning. Roasted broccoli is awesome. Uh, my boyfriend loves it too, so that's great. He's learned to love a lot of keto food over time. Taco salads or chicken Caesar salads or, you know, making one of your meals a salad throughout the week definitely helps. Basically anything made from scratch with meats that are on sale. Like if you find a, a cheap roast, you can make a roast in your crock pot and you can use it for multiple meals or even just add that roast onto your salad throughout the week. It's just, if someone isn't doing keto, they might think, oh, well, these sound kind of boring and bland and not at all, right? Because you have to salt everything because you have to keep your sodium up. So everything just tastes really, really great. Yeah. One thing that I um, found recently is pickled onions. And so Costco has like really, really good prices on onions. Like you can get an entire bag of onions for $3 and there's at least 12 in there. And I've started, this is a peace, love and low carb recipe. I'll include it in the show notes also. And basically you just cut up the onions, you put them in a jar and you add vinegar. <laughs> and that's it? I, yeah, that's it. That's all. You let it soak. And it soaks up all the vinegar and it's an awesome condiment. It has us going through an onion every other day and onions are inexpensive. It's filling, it's good for your gut and it's really cheap. And I just love it. It's, it's the cheapest condiment you can get and it's also good for you. And why not? That's probably my favorite thing right now. My favorite thing right now uh, is not budget friendly, but it's <laughs> macadamia nut butter. Have you ever had that? Oh, yeah. I make my own and macadamia Unreal. are, how much are they? $20 a pound or They're something? They're a lot. <laughs> but uh, definitely a nice treat to have around. It's just, it doesn't stay good for long. So, you know, you buy it once in a while. And I, uh, I haven't made it myself, but I bought it at our local bulk store. Yeah. So you can put it in a container, put the amount that you want, and then... Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I've been I've been really researching the cost of nuts and seeds lately and, and kind of going for the lower cost nuts. Like I've, I try not to get macadamia nuts too often because they are quite costly, but things like cashews, Brazil nuts, 
sunflower seeds, almonds, not so much, coconut. And those are kind of the ones that I make our milk with and also make cereal with and those sorts of things because yeah. almonds were getting to be so crazy expensive. Same with macadamia nuts. And you can accomplish the same thing. Just add some coconut oil and you're good to go. That's right. Okay. So what do you feel is missing in the keto space when it comes to women's health and even just like mental health around money? Like, what do you feel is missing? So what I feel is missing, like, like in, in the money world, I guess, is just talking about money and everybody just stopping taking everything so personal, right? Like nobody talks about money and, and they feel weird talking about it with their friends, but you can talk about it, right? Like if your friends are spending a lot of money, for example, your friends are the type to go out all the time and you'd rather just do other things with your friends that cost less money, then you can have that. You should be able to have that conversation, right? And just say, look, you know, just based on my goals lately, I'd rather if we just didn't go out every Saturday, could we stay in? And, you know, you don't have to stay in and do nothing. You can do something else, right? You can have a night in with your friends and it should feel comfortable to have that conversation and not this really taboo thing. Because I know a lot of people that are feel like they have to do everything that their friends are doing. And that's when they start feeling out of stress financially. Yeah. And then in the keto world, what I think is missing is just talking about how we're not perfect and it's okay. So there's a lot of people out there that do keto very strictly and they might count all their carbs and, and that's okay. But the people that don't do it perfectly feel like they're doing it wrong. So for example, depending on the season, um, you might want to enjoy some fruits that are fresh for the season or some fall vegetables, for example. Like when it's the fall, I like to have a little more butternut squash than usual, even though it's a higher carb vegetable, but I don't feel like I'm doing keto wrong because of it. And because I don't count my macros necessarily, I, I use keto more as, you know, high fat, low carb. My body uses fat for fuel. And if let's say I ate too much butternut squash one day and it kicked me out of ketosis, that's an easy fix, right? What's what's the big deal? So I, I find people are taking it a little too seriously and especially if they're looking to do it as a lifestyle. So I know that you talk a lot about doing carb ups and how they can be beneficial for women's health and they can be like beneficial sometimes like at, at dinner time because you're sleeping through that, that sugar up and down. And I, I really have been experimenting with that through my keto journey and I, I, I love that, right? And there's definitely a difference between eating, you know, a cup of sweet potato and eating a tray of donuts, right? So huge difference. Your body processes it totally differently. So I feel like just talking about the healthy carbs and, oh, the whole, I can't eat this, I can't eat that. We, we should be able to be more flexible with our diet, even with uh, with our keto friends, right? So I, I we have a pretty big keto community here in Thunder Bay. So it's really nice that we've built them. Um, a community where we can just talk to each other and we keep it open-minded. We know we're all doing it for different reasons. And, and I found um, in, in other keto communities, perhaps larger ones in different countries, people are a little more, a little more strict and like, no, this is how you do keto. And I do keto how I want to do keto. Right. Totally. Oh, that's awesome. And Dominique, where can people find you? So I'm on Instagram. I'm T-Bay Financial. So it's short form for Thunder Bay. So uh, on Instagram, I'm at T-Bay Financial. And also, if you want to chat with me through Zoom, I just do free consultations with people about if you want to ever talk money. I'm on uh, my Calendly page is calendly.com slash T-Bay Financial. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I think it's something that we don't get to chat about a lot and it's so important and something that I practice is just watching our budget with groceries and managing it all. Um, So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I definitely learned a whole bunch. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.